or started to combine with it like a lot of wellness as well so that's something for me that I'm really passionate about is the wellness industry so although I trained in dentistry to be able to collaborate beauty dentistry and wellness like I personally just feel like I've hit the jackpot for me but you know for myself personally to be able to incorporate all the things I love into my day-to-day work has been just amazing for me Hello and welcome back to Series 3 of the Smile Revolution podcast, brought to you by Smile Revolution. I'm Victoria Wilson, a dental therapist. This podcast is created for you, the dental profession, to inspire you through the content shared by the wonderful interviewees. And for sure, we need this more than ever during this time in isolation. This podcast is dedicated to oral health promotion with a mission to inspire dental hygienists, dental therapists and the dental profession now and in your career moving forward all around the world. COVID-19 has had such an impact on the dental profession. My heart goes out to each and every one of you whose lives have been impacted in varying degrees. Throughout this series, we will be sharing content on how to open doors of opportunity during this time. The poignant dental professional I had the pleasure of interviewing for this recording was Megan Fairhall, who qualified from the University of Portsmouth in 2010 with a bachelor's degree in dental hygiene and dental therapy. On today's show, we speak about how she built her brand, Live to Smile elements within her career path to date and marketing herself. Thanks to Megan for her transparency of everything she shares in this conversation. I really enjoyed recording this podcast and I'm sure you are going to enjoy listening to Megan. This was recorded before isolation, yet I know you will still be able to learn and utilize content from this podcast. Through listening to our conversation, I hope you learn, gain inspiration and ideas for furthering your career path, supporting oral health promotion to achieve oral health for all. Megan, welcome on to the Smile Revolution podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show today. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honour to be asked, so thank you very much. Well, I'm excited because we met, I'm trying to think now, in at Phillips yeah. at a round yeah. table discussion. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. There's been many events now, hasn't there? Many events. And from I remember when we first met, I was just so interested in what you were doing um, through social media and at the time. And I still learned loads from your social media, but I was quite clueless, I have to say. So thank you for all you've taught me on social media. But you'd created a brand, Live to Smile, that I yes. was so interested about, I guess, which took you into your interest in social media and becoming as savvy as you are in social media and creating a brand. So tell me a bit about Live to Smile, Megan. So I probably started Live to Smile maybe, I think I was looking earlier actually, in 2015 it, I started it, so five years ago now, um, and it kind of came about because 
I'd initially qualified from uni in 2010. Um, I went straight into private practice, predominantly as a hygienist. Little bit of therapy here and there, but mainly hygiene work. And I just started to get a little bit frustrated. Um, it was all a bit monotonous for me, and I just wanted a little bit more from my career path. Sure. So I saw that social media was transforming other industries. Um, at that point, there wasn't a lot of people within dentistry utilizing it. Sure. Um, so I just decided to build my own brand, something that I could advertise my own services for whitening, cleaning, treatments, um, so that the patients could then contact me directly um, and then come to the practice through those channels as opposed to me purely relying on patients from the practices that I was already working at. Um, so when I developed Live to Smile, I wanted it to be a bit more of a lifestyle brand, something that was more relatable to particularly at that point the millennial generations and just help to inspire the general public a little bit more and be able to impact people on a further reach than just my patients in my chair on a daily basis. Absolutely. So it's helped to really like break down those barriers within dentistry. And that's always been one of my huge aims is to break down the barriers of dentistry. Show, you know, we're just humans like the rest of you. We're nice people. It's not scary. Yeah. Um, and by being vocal about that on social media and people being able to see who I was and go, well, actually, well, she looks nice, you know. So it, it's encouraged people to book their appointments with me um, as opposed to just going straight through the practice as well. So it's had a huge impact on my career path. And for me, building Live to Smile, that's where it all started initially as well. Yeah. So you mentioned about um, people coming to book with you directly, um, relating to the millennials. How did you go on about building the actual brand? What were the first steps that you took? Um, Google was amazing. <laughs> you can Google <laughs> Isn't it for everything. <laughs> so it was, it was research into how do you build a brand? Like I took it back to basics. I didn't want to just go, oh, this is me and I'm putting myself out there. There was a lot of thought, effort. You know, when you're building a brand, it's thinking about the color schemes. It's thinking about your tone of voice. How are you going to come across online? Um, your logo that, you know, a brand is an extension of yourself, particularly how I was building a brand as a professional. I was, um, the, I was advertising my own services myself. So it was purely an extension of me. And I wanted the brand to really reflect that and who I am and who I was as a person. Yeah. Um, so there's so many different factors to consider and it, it's, and it was fun. I loved the process. I loved doing the research. I loved learning about branding, learning about marketing. For me, having trained in dentistry, but to have done all this research in, in other areas, I really enjoyed it. And I found a passion for marketing and um, marketing and branding and, and all of that as well. So it kind of broadened my scope as a professional, I guess, but sure. you know, I, I'm, I'm not just a hygienist. There are other options and opportunities out there for you to progress and learn different, you know, different professions or different avenues of work. It's, I felt like it opened a door for me to go, Oh, I'm not just confined to dentistry. Like yeah. I can learn other, um, parts of, other people's like jobs and things as well Absolutely, it's not just yeah. and I think yeah you you highlighted because this isn't what we learn at dental school but 
As you just said, you can learn other things from other professions that others are doing. And we're seeing more and more now that dental hygienists, dental therapists, dental professionals in general don't just necessarily stick to dentistry. And it's great to have taken that leap to, you know, embrace that side of what we are all feeling that we definitely need to to do. And and, and others have created their brand after maybe you or maybe a, a similar time to you but that is what we really need to be doing and like you said to break down that kind of barrier between you know what the public think of the profession and I guess emulating who you are seeing that you're nice like you said and it was a lovely journey did you get any help on building the brand um apart no, from google um, <laughs> well i mean i reached out to designers um photographers i arranged photo shoots like there's yeah there's lots of different aspects i suppose where i called on people um either through people i knew or i reached out to find people to help uh, me with these things and then there are people that i've called on now over time and time again over the last five years you know if i need another photo shoot doing or um, if I need work done on a website or whatever, sure. you know, all these different aspects. It's kind of like you build this little team of people that you're not employing them or taking them on full time, but no. a lot of people will just do things on a ad hoc basis. So you just call on these people as and when you need them. And, it, you know, it really helps to, you do need that step in a sense. But also there's there are so many different programs out there these days. If you have the time and patience to build your own website like you can so easily do that these days oh. it was probably harder five years ago but it's a lot easier now but it still takes a bit of time and patience I think to do that um and lots of different apps and all these things that you can create content on um there's a lot more out there and only more and more things are coming out as well as, as time goes on with it yeah I mean it must have been a huge learning process what would you say you wish you knew back then about creating your brand that you maybe know now? I think one thing, especially in it, particularly with it being a big leap, was you are worried about what people are going to think, putting oh. things on social media. Are yeah. you going to get judged? Are people going to laugh? Like, is it going to be interesting? Definitely. I yeah. think you have all of those feelings and worries and fears when you're first putting yourself out there and still now I, I get it like sure. you get the like imposter syndrome and you're like oh what am I doing like but this is know, so normal isn't it yeah and that's just mindset you know so it's yeah. just going do you know what I'm putting this out there because I think it's relevant I think there's value to it I'm trying to make a difference and help uh, the public and people to make you know make an impact on their oral health and oral hygiene if yeah. i can spread a positive message and that one post makes a difference then it's worth doing as well sure. so i think i definitely like looking back would just go for it even more so i mean i had to just you have to talk yourself into these things a lot and go oh, just do it you oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> but what's the worst that's going to happen like so just go for it and worry about the consequences afterwards you know it's like you've just got to put yourself out there and I'm such a big advocate for that kind of mindset because what's the worst that's going to happen if you don't try you're only going to then be frustrated because you didn't try so it's it's just so worth putting true. yourself out there and going for it did you get feedback from your colleagues on what you were doing or did you go to anyone asking them what do you think of this going back to this imposter syndrome or like get a feeling a bit nervous to support or help you with your mindset or was this something you overcame on your own I think, yeah like particularly five years ago like that 
feel a lot more connected to the profession than I ever have now, which is amazing. That's so good like, to hear. Yeah. Whether that's because of social media, I feel it's mm. had a huge impact on that. You know, we've got the forums, we've got Instagram, we've got smaller groups that a lot of us connect on. We a lot of us meet for dinners, like yeah. podcasts. You yeah. know, I'm so much more connected than I probably was back then. So I probably didn't get much feedback from people five years ago but now you know this is the time really when we are getting the feedback and being able to lean on each other and you know if you've had a bad day or a bad experience it's nice to be able to reach out right to other professionals because you it used to be so much more confined to just you in the surgery on your own but social media so true, has yeah. opened up to be able to connect us all, um, which is really important in this profession, I think, because it can be very lonely. Very, and I'm sure this is resonating to all the listeners. And mm. from what you've just highlighted, I couldn't agree more. I think it's the best time to be in dentistry because mm-hmm. we have the yeah. support, we've got people on social media, people are so interactive on their phones all the time, and that yeah. helps hugely with our mindset. So thank you so I much. Think- yeah go to a conference now and see somebody and be like oh my god hi you've never met in <laughs> real life but you know so even when you go to these events you already recognize faces like so it's so nice to be able to you know have that connection with people both on and offline you know, I know. it, it feels better. a bit funny initially I'm fine, I, know, like, I think it's quite acceptable <laughs> now people feel the same they they resonate they've been there anyway I know yeah. and it's really nice because it brings people from all around the world together as well yeah so. exactly yeah no it's great thank you so much for sharing that Megan can I just ask you one other thing that just um popped to mind as you were speaking we obviously are we've been educated within dentistry so we understand um the components we need um different materials etc we know where to source them that we know the price point and one thing that i've actually found quite challenging myself reaching out of the dental environment setting is working like you said you didn't employ anybody like a photographer but you commission them don't you essentially but finding those trusted people to join your team that you, you use sometimes and you work with, have you got any advice on finding those trusted people that you could reach out to that aren't in the profession that, to work with? What have you learned in that process? You know what, I think it, it can be very difficult, especially because without... Um, I, I like to be in control <laughs> and so it's very difficult to let go sometimes and trust somebody else with your brand or your work and sure. give them direction I'm actually in the process um, this week of taking on an intern to help with a lot of my extra work because I'm feeling quite overloaded at the moment and I need to learn to delegate more and I think that you know once I can let go a bit and trust somebody else particularly when it comes to social media you know channels and running that kind of thing for me it's um yeah learning to just let go a little bit but I think if you're just outsourcing ad hoc work um the best thing to do is much like everybody should is look for reviews get recommendations from other people you know if somebody you know has used a photographer and advising you know saying oh they were great you know or look online do your research you know there's Mm. lots of um different you know social media ways of, of kind of sourcing people put an advert on 
your social media site, you're like, I'm looking for a photographer. Yeah. And you'll find that people will message you as well. And then you can look into them a bit more. Yeah. And even now, as you're saying, you know, put it on social media, but probably people within the profession that have done something similar have even gone down that, then they'd probably reach out. And I certainly would feel comfortable working from someone else mm. that someone else in the professions work with. Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, good point. Recommendations are huge. It's yeah, the no, same fashion dentistry. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I just want to tap into this, um, Megan. You, where were we? We were at a dinner that um, Anna Middleton, London hygienist, had arranged a get-together, which is just fabulous. And you pulled out the Virgin magazine and you were (laughs) in it. How did that come about? (laughs) Well, so I've done a lot of work over the years with some of the brands mainly Philips and Regenerate so I kind of got approached by them both after um, they saw my social media channels and they were interested in what I was doing particularly Philips I was doing a lot of whitening so they were very interested in that Um, and then Regenerate also contacted me and I've been doing similar things for them over the years so that article was actually through Regenerate and they had asked me to write some top tips on traveling um, like how to look after teeth and traveling and stuff. So I'd done that for them. And what was just really funny as well is that I wrote the article, written the article, and then um, when you do these things, often, you know, you have to chase it to go, like, oh, did it get used or, like, what happened? Sure. And, then, and the next thing I know, Anna Middleton, a London hygienist, had messaged me going, oh, my God, I'm a virgin, <laughs> and you're in the magazine. And I was like, I didn't even know it had been published. Oh, like, amazing. So that evening, she had brought the copy, and that was when I saw you at dinner. That was the first copy I'd had of it. I hadn't yeah. even seen it myself. <laughs> that was Anna giving it to me, bless her. So, That's um, just um, well done for that, you know. But what an opportunity as well for us as a dental profession to think as well in how much industry can support us in getting the message out there. I as dentists support what I'm doing now to support the profession. Um, So, I mean, maybe even if the industry that maybe you're working with from uh, just chatting to you now, I'm just thinking that maybe they don't come to you to say, write anything in particular. You can always go to industry and say, I've got this idea. They have the press connections. They can Mm. probably connect you with who to release it. and, And I'm sure they would be more than happy because that's just great to be getting dental hygienists in Virgin in the Virgin magazine that people read all over the world in the air as they yeah. travel. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. I, I was very um, fortunate with that. And, you know, there's been so many amazing opportunities working with the brands and it's things that I never even dreamt of that I would be doing when I was at university. It was just get through uni, get through, you know. Um, so to be... 10 years down the line and be doing the things I'm doing I'm so grateful and I'm so grateful to the brands like and it's so fun I love it like it's to be involved in such big movements you know is huge and it's I'm forever grateful to them because it's just opened up so many doors and just aspects of my career that I yeah I never even dreamt of that I'd be doing so it's been great it's fun invigorating it isn't is it? it really is like really so many things so you said, well, obviously, you're 10 years on from qualifying. When did you first start working with industry after qualifying? Um, only like three or four years ago. Okay. 
And what do you think was the main reason that they connected with you or did you connect with them? How did you connect with and who did you connect with? I think it was initially because of my social media channels. Again, five years ago, there wasn't so many people doing this. And so I was standing out at that time. Um, So it was a bit of a mixed message um, between us of like, they kind of got in touch with me and we had a meeting um, in London and then it kind of grew from there and it's just been ongoing and now you know I'm very proactive in my role with them as well now and I will reach out to them if either there's a good opportunity or as you're saying like if there's a good article to be written you know I'm I'm very proactive as well which I think helps continue my relationship with the brands in that sense um, but it's I haven't actually ever reached out to a brand personally to do that, but why not? Like, you know, I don't see why you wouldn't. You've got to put yourself out there. That's how you get these things, you know, and progress. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For any listeners that are maybe interested in exploring the opportunities of collaborating sometimes with industry, what advice from your experience would you give them to start that relationship? I think you've always got to have a bit of a usp a bit of a unique selling point like why yeah. are you different why are you standing out what's yeah. different to what everybody else is saying or doing yeah and i think that for every dental hygienist and therapist like we are all different we we're different people so we're going to be different you know be authentic to who you are um, absolutely i couldn't agree more and then it's just reaching reaching out to the brands with something unique you know and saying you know I'm doing this, this is different, I'd love to get a meeting and work with you. And also it's consistency, like keep hounding people, keep emailing and don't feel annoying. Like I remember that's how I got into university. I just kept emailing the university. As everybody knows, it's really difficult to get into hygiene therapy. It's not an easy task. But I would just email them constantly like, hi, Megan again. (laughs) Have I got a place yet? I think I'll just just give her a place for all you like. (laughs) She's definitely keen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much for that. Because any advice from anyone that's gone through something is invaluable and hence the reason for the podcast. So thank you so much. Um, Megan, I now want to move... Because I think if I could... Go on. Go for it. No, go for it. <laughs> I just said if I could, like, if if I could, you know, get this advice from somebody five years ago, you know, it all helps. If I, you know, the things, if I'm saying these things now, if this can make somebody, you know, rather than the hours of research I did into these things, you know, if I can help other people with it, then great. Well, thank you so much. And that is definitely why we have this podcast. Why waste time learning what someone else has already learned? Let's advance faster together. So thank you. We are on the same page, Megan. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Megan, now you obviously, you're obviously for listeners. um, Megan runs a whitening course um that has been run out throughout the uk can you just share a bit about how you started the whitening course and where it's moved to now really so the whitening course again originally i was approached by phillips with after i'd been working with them for a period of time um, and we decided to put together these whitening courses i wanted to help other hygienists and therapists i wanted 
you know, helped inspire them to do what I'd done. Sure. I found that whitening became a huge part of my treatments and I loved doing it. Patients loved me doing it for them. They appreciated it, you know, and I wanted to help other hygienists get that feeling and go, you know, it doesn't just have to be back-to-back hygiene appointments. You know, you there are other treatments. This is in our scope of practice. We can do this, like, under a prescription, but we can do this, so why not? There's often a higher earning potential with whitening as well because it's a higher cost treatment. Um, And so I wanted to help other hygienists and therapists do that too. So we put together these courses and we've been running them throughout the UK for, I think it's like two years now. So, and personally for me, again, I found something else that I absolutely love doing. And my whitening course days are my favorite thing to do. And for me, being able to get together with other hygienists and therapists for a day and it's the energy is great like we're all just bouncing off each other and to be able to help and inspire that is always my aim of the day for them to walk out and go right I'm going to go and get my whitening treatments in I'm going to devise a marketing plan I'm going to start some social media you know the courses everything to do with with whitening the both um, take home whitening we also do a lot of the zoom and talk about zoom treatments and demonstrations but it is also about formulating your own marketing plan, how to build a brand, how to start on social media. So it's kind of a bit different to perhaps some of your other whitening courses that have been running yes. over the years. I'm sure. trying to collaborate a few different skill sets, um, but everything within the course is enough to be able to make you confident in doing whitening treatments for yourself um, and for treatments for patients. How often do you run them now? Generally, I, I do about 10 a year, okay. so it's almost every month, yeah, and our locations are generally London, Bournemouth, Manchester, Leicester, um, and I'm always open to more locations if, you know, if someone's got a group of hygienist therapists that think, oh, you know, there's a group of us and we'd, we'd love you to come a bit more southwest or something, you know, then or more north, cool, yeah, like I definitely reach out to that. you if you're interested. If there isn't a whitening course in your area, reach out to Megan. We'll be sharing all her social media content contact details um underneath the podcast recording. So and or get in touch with us at the Smart Revolution to find out more. Megan, I just wanted to ask as well one thing that we actually spoke about earlier. For other listeners interested in putting on a course, it is sometimes quite nerve-wracking to think, if I put this course on, are we going to get the attendees to cover the costs? Have you any advice for listeners wishing to put on a course on how to ensure that you are able to run the course, um, to cover the costs, and obviously make it you know, profitable to pay for the day? Because there's a lot of different factors to consider when you're running courses. You know, you've got a lot of overheads to cover. Um, Also, I think what people forget is that for me personally, like I'll go to the course for that day and teach, but I put so much back-end work into putting them together. It's like hours and hours of time at home, sourcing venues, you know, pulling together all these different aspects. So, um, yeah, I think there's always a bit of a risk. But again, I'm a huge risk taker. We don't grow, develop without these risks. So you've got to do it to progress and move forward. Um, and again, social media has really helped to yeah. market um, for me the courses. So again, it's just consistency. Like 
consistency with your messaging, consistency with your marketing, getting yourself on as many different channels as possible, whether it be a podcast or whether it be in a magazine. You know, when I um, put my courses out there, I have a whole marketing plan of how I'm going to sell these courses. It's not just, oh, I'll pop a post up and hope it sells. There is a lot of thought and planning that goes behind these things. Absolutely. and a big marketing campaign behind it as well. So it, you know, there's a lot of work to do, but again, this is all just through research. Like I yeah. just, how do, you, how do you do a campaign? How do you, you know, I've just looked into all these things. Um, but I think the best thing you can do in these situations is just go for it. <laughs> like go you've got it. to just Don't go hold back yeah. listeners, go for it. If you, yeah. as well, maybe I don't know, would you be happy to speak to anybody that wants further advice maybe? Yeah, definitely. Like. I'm always happy to help and you know one of my main aspects of what I do is I want to help patients and everything obviously but I want to help the profession I've been in times in my career when I just want to throw the whole thing in like I'm just I've been done with dentistry many times and so I've just had to reinvent it for myself and I just knew that only I could do that like I could go to a practice and say, okay, well, let's try this and let's do that. And sometimes, great, they'd listen and they'd implement it. Other times they wouldn't. And then I'd just be out and I'd be like, right, I've got to find somewhere else that's going to listen to me because I'm the only person that is going to be able to make these changes. And if I want a better working environment, I have to, you know, be that person to to do the change. So I think that's just a really important thing that I've learned along the way like only I can do it for myself yeah thank you for sharing that Megan because that's so honest and transparent I think possibly so many listeners will be able to resonate with that you know we all have those lulls and we think oh how can we get through it but from your experience yeah you're the only one that can change your mindset whatever it is and you know to pick yourself up and think okay it doesn't matter if it's not working within this setting or this particular task isn't working we have to go through it and the biggest challenges in life I believe strongly are the best because we learn from the most yeah I think we're lucky as well because like, as a profession in my head I'm like right I can do this and I can try this if that fails well I know I can always work in clinic and I can always do that you yeah know? like we've always got that to fall back on and I'm very grateful for that as well yeah and it kind of gives us that security Damn. and that platform to go well actually if I try this it doesn't work well that's fine because I've always got my clinical time to fall back on exactly. and things but yeah, if I can help inspire other hygiene therapists to take those risks and make those leaps and, and do those things, that's probably what my biggest passion is now within my career path. Yeah, well, thank you. Now, just before we end the podcast, because I want to keep asking you so many more, I have so many more questions to keep continue asking you, but I just want to focus on the smile, the dental beauty box that you've just released. Yes. The Live to Smile Dental Beauty Box. Because this is something different that I've not come across before as a dental professional releasing something that has combined beauty. Can you tell us a bit about that, please? So the Dental Beauty Box, um, mm-hmm. I've launched it back just before Christmas. Yes. And um, it's something that for me, especially when I started my brand Live to Smile, it was always with the intention to develop into something else. I didn't know five years ago what that something would be, yeah. but it has evolved over the years and this is where the Dental Beauty Box has now landed. Um, so I saw that there was lots of 
subscription services out there. There was a lot of beauty ones and there's quite a few dental ones now as well, which were all really successful um, and a great concept. So I myself had had some of the beauty ones and I saw that the market was a bit too saturated with them. The products actually got a bit boring after a while, a bit samey-samey. And the dental ones were good, but again, dentistry, you know, I wanted to kind of combine the two to Mm. make it a bit more desirable. So within the box and the subscription, you get the dental products you need, the beauty products that you want. So it makes it a little bit more fun, a little bit more um, desirable in that sense. And also for patients, we know, you know, how overwhelming it is for them to walk into a supermarket and go down the dental aisle or hygiene aisle and be like, it's just saturated, like with so many different products. What do you choose? You know, there's yeah. too much choice. And so to go, well, actually, these are the products that I recommend as a dental professional. This is what you need to be using. There you go. Just done for you. And then, but you get some fun, nice beauty products within the box as well, just to make it a bit more of an aspirational um, product instead. And then with that, I've combined starts to combine with it like a lot of wellness as well so that's something for me that I'm really passionate about is the wellness industry so although I trained in dentistry to be able to collaborate beauty dentistry and wellness like I personally just feel like I've hit the jackpot for me (laughs) you know for myself personally to be able to incorporate all the things I love into my day-to-day work has been just amazing for me um so I feel very blessed with that um, so it just gives me the opportunity to talk about beauty things, wellness, to help impact people on a bigger level than just their yeah. oral hygiene. But that's always the core basis of it. But to be able to talk around all these different things and have a positive impact on people's lives from many different aspects. Yeah. And so, I, I think you said earlier, you know, about not being shy to get out there. Um, everybody's got their own unique selling point. And then just summarizing what you've said about following your passion, you've hit the jackpot essentially yeah. because you're combining beauty now. You've found your passion, your unique selling point. You've not held back. You've been true to yourself. If you've maybe had that lull in the profession, you've pushed through and, and thought, no, I've got to change this in my mindset. I've filtering in well-being so I think on a close here Megan that's a lovely way to to end the podcast and bringing everything back together from what you've said from the beginning till now so thank you so much for sharing what you've shared on the podcast today do you have any other things that you'd quickly like to share with the listeners um I think like just to follow from that briefly like one thing I always say to other hygiene therapists is find your passion within dentistry or within whatever that is and then follow that and chase that because work won't feel like work then and it will all be a lot more enjoyable for you and I think that's just the most important thing um my three kind of like things that I always say to everybody is be confident like be confident in everything you do be confident in who you are as a person we are highly trained professionals so have that confidence in whether you're in a meeting, whether you're speaking at a conference, whether you're with a difficult patient, you know, just have confidence in who you are as a person so or in true. your social media post. Um, 
and then be positive. But if you can just be positive at your mindset, your attitude in every situation, you're going to get the best out of life and you're going to get the best out of your career in all different aspects. So it's just being positive. And then my final one is be fearless. Like, just go for it. Go just for it. Put yourself out there. You've got to not worry what people are going to think. You know, otherwise you're the one that becomes bored, frustrated, and it that's what you at more. the end of the day. Yeah. So, yeah, positive, confident, and fearless. Oh, thank you so much, Megan. But just finally, before we close the podcast recording now, it's the Smile Revolution Fire Rounds. Can I ask you, Megan, where would you like to see the dental profession 10 years from now? My goodness. It's crazy to think where it could be, isn't it? Like, so much has happened in the last five years. I know. I think... um, do you know what, actually, I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day with Dr. V, how she was saying at the end about collaborating dentistry to be, you know, under one roof with loads of different professions. I think that was, like, I'd not thought about that, and I thought that was really, really cool. But I think for me, like, one of my aspects is always collaborating dentistry and beauty. Like, yeah. why don't people think of it like they would go into the hairdressers or, you know, getting their nails done when actually the teeth, the smile is the first thing that people see. It's impacts your health, not just your confidence. There's so many different aspects around it. So, yeah, I'd like to see the consumer side of dentistry going more into beauty aspects, but from a positive point of view. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for your time and being part of the Smile Revolution. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it, rate it and leave a review. Please email me on info at smile-revolution.net. I can't wait to learn how this recording has impacted you. And lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe and follow Smile Revolution on social media for more content. Please engage in the comments section. I will read all and respond to as many as possible. The podcast audio is available on all major platforms and video content on the podcast can now be found on the Smile Revolution YouTube channel. To stay up to date on all Smile Revolution projects, subscribe to the Smile Revolution newsletter by emailing info at smile-revolution.net stating subscribe to newsletter. Thanks for joining me and being part of the Smile Revolution.